Hello and welcome to the AC Podcast. My name is Troy. I'm here today with Andy Steiger. And for the first time, Jane Tui. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. great. Doing great, Troy. It's good being with you. Jane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> I'm usually listening to them, not <laughs> behind the scenes. So this is exciting. Yeah, I know it's exciting and a little nerve wracking, but that's okay. <laughs> we appreciate your courage and <laughs> willingness to come on to the show. Now, there's a number of people who probably don't know you yet, and we want to introduce you. And in fact, we want to share a bit of your story and, and what's going on here at AC. I think people are going to find our conversation very interesting as we get into things today. But before we start, uh, let's just begin with uh, what your title and role is here at, at AC. Sure. So I joined in June, and my title... Um, is community engagement manager. And basically that just means uh, working with the community in Canada, um, anything that engages the community in Canada. So any events, working with some of our ministry partners out there, like in the business community and government, um, working with some of the um, ministry partners at the university, and also doing things like facilitating speaker events and donor relations. I think that pretty much sums up what I'm um, supposed to be doing here. <laughs> and it might be helpful for listeners to know uh, where you're located here in Canada. Sure. I'm just outside of Toronto. I live in a small town called Port Perry in the GTA area, just east of Toronto. Now, it's funny because, you know, Troy, you know, we've talked about, you know, Toronto is Eastern Canada, but we've... Right. Uh, We've gotten a lot of pushback from Pete went from Canadians on that, particularly people from Ontario. They're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're the center of Canada. <laughs> so Jane, you live in Port Perry. Yep. And I'm sure you have a house with a white picket fence and uh and a dog and two point five kids. Is that is that about right? Well, two kids, uh, Michael and Anna, who have both recently graduated from university. One is in finance. One is now doing her master's in journalism and digital media at Western. And we have a rescue dog named Coco. So do you have a white picket fence? <laughs> I do not have a white. Picket fence. It's a cute little town and they make lots of movies in, in Port Perry. What about uh, are you married, Jane? How long have you been married? Um, yes, married for several years. What is several years? Because I just celebrated 20 years of marriage on September 8th. Can you beat that? Okay, 30. 31? <laughs> 31. That's awesome. We just celebrated seven. So we're not quite there yet, but we, we are well on our way. <laughs> I saw that, Troy, which, by the way, you know, like, that you know, it's funny how you can judge how long somebody's been married by how hard you laugh at their wedding picture that they post. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's exactly right. Actually, my my wedding picture, I actually have a pretty wild fro because I was about to put my hair into dreadlocks. Like I had it lined up and tapered and whatnot, but people look at me in the photo and, you know, it wasn't even a good quality iPhone photo. So people were like, wait, how old are you really? I'm like, come on, man, just relax. I am not that old. Well, though, you're one of those people with a baby face, like, uh, like my wife. Uh, everybody, I posted this this year for our 20th. I posted our honeymoon picture, and people <laughs> yeah. are like, "Your wife doesn't age." I'm like, I know it's it is a right. blessing and a curse. I'm thankful <laughs> she doesn't age, but yet it makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. 31 years. Nice, Jane. That's, that is, that is awesome. Jane, you may know that here on the West Coast, uh, we like to poke fun at um, Ontario, particularly people from Toronto, who believe they're not only the center of Canada, but the universe. Um, <laughs> are, are you aware? Isn't that true? <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where we're going. Yeah, I okay. know. The right. show's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, she's doing well, though, because the podcast isn't for the faint of heart. Well, that's the funny thing, though, is because, you know, our argument was, hey, you know, Ontario's on Eastern Standard Time. So come on, like that's East. But I get it. I, I can let it go. And I've and I've let it I've let it go. But uh, you and Wes really are overseeing our, the work that we're doing in the eastern part of Canada, uh, but particularly in Ontario. Right. For those who don't know who Wes is and where he's located in, in relation to yourself, you just want to give people just a quick uh, update on that? Uh, yeah, Wes is basically right downtown Toronto. So he's um, right in the heart of things and uh, focusing on events in Ontario and also Quebec at this point. Right now, for those who don't know who um, Wes Huff is, he was with Power to Change. He is now uh, here with us with AC. We've been working with him for years. He still works and does uh, events and stuff for for Power to Change as well. Like there, no hard feelings there. It's still a great relationship. But exciting things for us because we have always desired to have a a, a ministry impact in the west of Canada and towards the east, you know, uh, of Canada. Now, in the past, we we really never worried about that or pursued it too, too much because we partnered so heavily with uh, RZAM Canada. So that's Ravi Zacharias Ministries International Canada. And as uh, listeners know, there's a, a lot that's happened with regards to that that is part of this story. Now, mm-hmm. So, so Jane, you know, maybe I think it would be helpful at this juncture to let, you know, people know where you worked before AC, and then we can get into that part of this, this story. Sure. Well, when I first graduated from university, I ended up working for computer software companies out of Silicon Valley. So I worked for um, different software companies across Canada in the retail and distribution market. And then after I became a Christian, which we'll talk about at some point, but I, I um, got involved in some amazing not-for-profit ministries, one of which was the Word Guild, which is a Christian writers group across Canada, and then also Room 217, which provides uh, music care in healthcare situations. And then, as mentioned, most recently, I worked for RZAM Canada for um, about seven years before joining Apologetics Canada. So part of the podcast today is we're going to share that story of that of of Jane moving from RZM Canada and, and what happened there over to AC. Before we go down that rabbit trail and 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 share about uh, about what happened there, we first want to just begin by developing more into your story, Jane, because uh, your story and how you came to Christ is so interesting, particularly at this time of year. Because we we recently just celebrated the anniversary of not only what happened on September 11th in the United States that impacted the world, but what uh, what also is the anniversary of you coming to Christ and what impacted your life. Uh, can you share with listeners um, how it is that you came to faith and how it, it relates to 9 11? 
Sure. Um, well, I, I grew up in a mainline denominational church. I I went to church. I wouldn't say regularly, but I did go to church. So I had um, some upbringing. I, I didn't read the Bible. Um, I prayed a little bit when I needed something. <laughs> so I would pray, you know, as I needed something. But I always thought that I was a Christian because I, I felt I was a good person. But when 9-11 happened, I remember I was dropping my kids off at school and I was driving home and I heard it on the news and I could not believe that there was, you know, that there was an intentional crash in the Twin Tower. And I had been in that Twin Tower. I had been at the restaurant. And so um, it was very real for me because I used to work out of the New York office and computer industry. So, you know, New York was was home to me for a while. Um, I spent a lot of time there. And then when I heard the second one, I just could not believe that that evil was so prevalent that they that they could kill so many thousands of people. And so what happened for me is I was filled with fear and um, I realized how real evil was. And it was the reality of evil and the understanding of it um, in the world that led me to go to God and go, okay, God, you know, if I die today, I'm not real sure <laughs> where I'll end up. So we had quite a conversation and I literally poured my heart out in prayer um, the days following 9-11. And he just became very real to me. He came to me um, in a very profound way as I was sitting in my car and I became a Christian um, within the, the days following 9-11. But 9-11 was really the catalyst for me to understand evil, um, but led me to the truth and led me to Christ. It's interesting to hear, you know, your story, Jane, with regards to how evil motivated you, because my time in ministry, at least my time talking with friends, family, and, you know, people who come to faith or leave the faith, it's it's so interesting, isn't it? People's response to evil. E- right. Evil has a way of either leading people to God, but but often, sadly, leading people away from God. I've always found that so fascinating, how so many people will see something so evil as as we witnessed on 9/11 just so sad and cuz you know once again this year I was reading through some of those uh 911 calls and 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 your heart just breaks and and yet for some people that that's not a catalyst towards God for them it can be a catalyst away from God mm, yeah it's that despair yeah for me yeah and I would say I had despair um, but mostly fear, because I, mm. I really had to come to the place where if I had been in that building, you know, because I had been in that building at the restaurant and I had died, I did not feel <laughs> any sort of assurance that I would be in any sort of place called heaven. So for me, it was very real um, understanding evil, which, you know, really um, led me closer to God. Wow. I've, I've always thought that was, you know, strange when people will... will run away from God in those moments because, you know, they'll have this this moment where like, oh man, evil is so terrible. So it's it's interesting, right? Because it's kind of paradoxical. On the one hand, they're absolutely convinced that what they witnessed was evil and wrong. Right. Yet they they then flee from God. And in the midst of it, often I've met people that will embrace an atheistic worldview in which there is no meaning, purpose, or value. And so you have this weird paradox where you're like, okay, you are so convinced of evil that it motivated you in this direction towards atheism, but now you've embraced a worldview that has no ability to make sense of what you're convicted was wrong. 
it's it's always interesting to look back at you know what really brought you to the faith or what really led you because I think for myself I mean I grew I grew up in a Christian home but it really wasn't until I saw my own nature you know my own sin nature in the mirror in front of me I would say I was very much coasting as a believer like I was going to church I was you know known as a Christian but to say I was really walking with the Lord um it, would be would be a stretch for sure. I think I was I was walking with an understanding, but as far as that actual conviction to really walk with the Lord, so I, I definitely resonate with uh, with you there, Jane, in, in those moments where it's just it doesn't even really make sense, but the shift happens so quick and clean that you're like, yeah, okay, God, <laughs> I'm awake now. <laughs> the other thing that I would like to add, Troy, is um, and everybody, I mean the the image of the steel-beamed cross in the midst of the New York debate was so real for me to see how that cross just shone in the middle of, you know, the smoke and, and the devastation. And that image just really stayed with me. And it was also a real catalyst for me to really go, wow, God is at work. Even in the midst of this, it took, you know, over 3,000 people to die for me to come to Christ. But but that cross became a real signature photograph for me to the point where I, I ended up framing it at my home. So that image um, was just a profound um, catalyst as well through 9-11. Wow. You know, it's interesting, Jane, that you should say that because one of the thoughts that was going through my mind as you were just sharing how, how you came to faith was how our, our journey to Christ so often motivates the way that we live moving forward. You are one of the things that I love about you and that I've really grown to appreciate uh, about you even more is your heart for evangelism. Uh, I don't know that I've met a person more just fo- laser focused on evangelism. So often, Jane, you'll you'll you will say to me with what we're doing, where is the evangelistic you know angle in everything that we're doing? How are we introducing people to Jesus? I, I love that about you. Where do you do you see that you know as having come from your testimony from your your experience? Yeah, most definitely. Part two of that is um, after nine eleven, um, with with the days that following, I walked into a church. I <laughs> I didn't know the pastor, but I just walked in. I said I have to talk to somebody, and he was the one who suggested I join the Alpha program. And so I immediately joined the Alpha program, and it was amazing how it answered so many questions I had, so many questions about church, so many questions about evil, so many questions about prayer and reading the Bible. And I found during Alpha that my, um, just my, my love of um, the word just, you know, just opened up as well as my heart for evangelism. And so I would say it was through, um, through going through Alpha where I just created this burning passion in me for others to know. I'm like, if this is good news, then we, we need to be sharing this good news. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and, and I, I, I do have to confess that I, I was kind of annoyed at people that they hadn't shared the good news with me over the years that I'm like, if it's such good news, why didn't you tell me about it? Mm-hmm. You know? So it was kind of interesting. So it was really through the alpha program and, and seeing other people's come to Christ um, through that, where my just passion for evangelism just, just really um, came to the forefront because I ended up running the Alpha program in my community for several years, um, kind of all over the place. We ran it in all different kinds of churches and we ran it in bars and restaurants. So it was really fun to see people come to Christ through the Alpha program. 
Jane, I got a question for you in the realm of evangelism. It's interesting how, seeing how the world has kind of shifted because of COVID and, and those sorts of things. And, you know, for years when I was when I was growing up, evangelism was always presented as overseas in another country. You know, you, you go on mission trips and, and those sorts of things. For lack of better term, would you say that in the, in the last, I guess, last few years, have you seen evangelism, um, say, within your circles or within Canada um, grow? Or, has it, or have you seen evangelism kind of become a bit of, for lack of a better term, a lost art? Because I, I, I would go and say... You know, we we're, the church is in a very interesting time where, you know, I think there's even there's there's a lot of disdain for someone who may be just standing on the corner and the kingdom of God is at hand or, you know, we're not able to travel to other countries. And like you said, you know, when I think about my walk or I think about different scenarios where I'll be sitting on the corner and I'll see someone, whether it's Jehovah's Witness or maybe it is another believer evangelizing, and I'll be sitting there wondering, I wonder if they're going to come up to me. I wonder if they're going to say anything to me. What, what are your thoughts on that? So, Troy, in answer to your question, um, the question I would be asking is not waiting or are they going to come to me and what are they going to ask me, but am I going to go to them? Yes. And if I'm not going to go to them, then I have to ask my question, why? And yes. so for me, evangelism is really simple. Um, you evangelize out of the outflow of what God is giving you on the inflow. So you go to yeah. God, you infill with prayer, with reading the word. Um, and just ask him to infill you to be able to um, outflow and evangelize um, by showing the burden he has for other people. So if you can gain the heart of God and the love he has for everybody, then that's where, to me, true evangelism comes from. So to me, it's not a formula. I can evangelize, you know, when I get an oil change. <laughs> I've had amazing conversations there. Uh, right. The arena when my kids my kids were playing hockey, I it was amazing the conversations that we would just strike up watching our kids play hockey. So to me, there was no formula. It's just if you can get God's burden and his love for others, that's where you minister from. And then so you can good. talk to anybody. <laughs> so good. I like that. So, you know, my love for God and my time with God will will be reflected as it comes out of and through my life as I interact with people. Uh, this is interesting because uh, this is a great transition and a question that I wanted to ask you. I already think I've got the answer there. Uh, I haven't asked you this before, but uh, we've said that you have an evangelistic heart and you do, one of the most that I've, I've ever seen. But as well, you people who know you would say two things about you. Jane is all about evangelism and she is all about prayer. And, and so, because I, I was going to ask you, you know, where does that heart for prayer come from? But I'm guess I'm, I'm uh, the the answer is is directly tied to evangelism. Yeah, and I I do have a heart for prayer and for intercession, and that to me, like if you intercession is just um, understanding God's heart and burden for someone or a people group. So one of the first people groups he gave me a burden for was the Canadian military, and that came out mm. of the blue. I happened to be at a parade. Um, I had, I was taking pictures and all of a sudden I just became overwhelmed with a love and burden for the Canadian military. And I found that I had taken our freedom for granted and I just stood mm. there 
just weeping and praying for our Canadian military. And what happened out of that is I ended up running um, an intercessory group or prayer group where we prayed for almost five years specifically for the Canadian military. And we would just pray with whatever God told us to pray for that day. And for me, evangelism and prayer and, and um, intercession just go hand in hand. So, you know, if there's somebody on the street, I would just say, you know, quick prayer, like God, like, you know, just help me with this and, and then go on to evangelize. And so they really go hand in hand, um, you know, to evangelize and to pray. I think uh, listeners can start to get an appreciation for why we value you so much, Jane, and appreciate appreciate you so much. Uh, Let's get into how you journeyed to Apologetics Canada. As mentioned, you were working for RZIM Canada and Give give people just a little bit of background who aren't aware of of what's happened, you know what what transpired with that with that organization. I had I had been working with RZAM for almost seven years, and uh, the news came out that Ravi had um, there were sexual allegations. Um, against him that proved true. And so um, RZIM Canada had to make the decision, and it was the right decision, um, that they were going to close close down our ministry. And other, minis- other RZIM ministries around the world uh, did the same thing. And so, you know, while that was happening, you know, I was just so sad with, with everything that was going on, but also I, I recognized the opportunity that we still had. And so I was really burdened with the fact that, you know, there was still a lot of evangelism, um, you know, a lot of need for apologetics in Canada, um, which is why I reached out to, you know, apologetics Canada. I reached out to you, Andy, um, to just say like, Hey, I want to continue, you know, evangelizing and doing apologetics in Canada. And, and there was a lot of synergy between apologetics Canada and RZIM. So I just felt like a real similar DNA with us. So, you know, we began the conversation. So yeah, I guess in many ways too, it was just a natural fit in that Apologist Canada and RZM Canada had been working together uh, for years. And I think what you what you what you've said there is right. As everything came out with what what, what was taking place with with RZM, that many places, you know, rightly said, "Hey, listen, we're going to need to shut down." You know, this this organization, you know, the name is tied with this individual. Like what happened, it was terrible. And there are some uh, branches that are that are rebranding and continuing. The the branch here in Canada has decided to close its doors. And when that was announced, Apologetics Canada, so we began to receive a number of emails and different people reaching out to us saying, Andy, this you know, we understand that they need to shut their doors, but we don't believe that all that ministry needs to needs to come to an end mm-hmm. you know that yeah. th- there was there was great ministry that was taking place that that uh w- that was good and that was the the same burden that that i had i i i was like man there's 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 good things that are happening i and and the thought that just kept going through my mind is i don't want satan to win any more than he already has on this that's right i so i i began to pray and think okay lord what what can we do? What can we do in the midst of this circumstance? I I also uh, didn't want to come across as some sort of empire building expedition here. That I see, oh, here's a a wounded ministry, and we're gonna come in and and take over, and as as though 
apologize Canada is into building some empire. Now you have to understand that's the way that some people can view uh, that situ- that situation. However, if you're in my shoes, uh, that's not the way, or or somebody that's leading an organization, that's not the way that we ex- experience it. Because the way that I experience it is that's going to require more money. It's going to require more effort. This could implode. I, you know, running a charity is difficult as it is, and expanding needs to be done very carefully so that you don't overreach, so you don't put yourself into uh, a, um, a situation in which you can actually kill your own organization. So that's actually more what's going on in my mind as I'm thinking, I- I've got to be careful if we're going to step into this at any level. Um, and I don't want to be stepping on people's toes. I, I want to be I want to be careful knowing and understanding that this is a raw at this point in the story we're telling you, it is was all very raw. And we were unsure of of how to proceed. Now I had already reached out to different friends of mine in the organ Arzam organization. Some that were still working there, some that had been working there and seeking advice. Okay, what should I do? How can we help? That sort of thing. So what we ultimately did is Jane helped us reach out to the RZAM Canada board and myself and one of our board members at AC and an external observer uh, participated in that meeting in which we met with uh, two people from RZAM Canada's board. And really, it was just a, a time just to discuss, um, you know, what could be done sort of thing. And from that conversation and subsequent emails and, and whatnot, uh, we determined at AC that the best course of action would be to hire Jane, that if we uh, could hire Jane and and really together think through what what sorts of ministry opportunities could AC uh, continue uh, would would be would be best or those ministry connections to to engage with because I, I want to be careful as I'm talking here I don't I don't want people get to get the wrong impression I, I don't want people to think that that we're, we were trying to continue RZM Canada like RZM Canada is 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 closing I, I mean they've closed their offices and they're in the process of shutting down entirely as as a charity from last I heard so I I can't speak absolutely with what's going on there because I don't know that was last I heard and you know so so understand that what we're doing is saying okay what what was the good ministry that was that was taking place those connections that we had and they had that that we could say hey you know could this ministry continue through apologetics canada and as we've done that and as we've talked with different people across canada the overwhelming response is yes let's keep doing ministry let's don't stop the good work that's been happening here in canada yeah it, it's it's a beautiful thing for 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 me to see because uh you know 
to me, it, it, in a lot of ways, it, it feels the way church splits can feel, right? Where there's so many good people involved, so many. And, and you may not know all the details to how it may have led to those places, but, uh, you know, my heart when, you know, the whole scenario came about was just for that, for so, for the varying people involved, like, Lord, like there's incredible people in there who absolutely love you. And so it, you know, it's exciting, you know, to have, to have you come over Jane and, and the, you know, the, the, the heart that you carry, um, it is, it is awesome that we can still be in an environment conducive to, you know, the call on your life and, and what you bring to apologetics because you're such, you're such a joy. You're such a light. And, uh, we appreciate having you for sure. Thanks, Troy. I really appreciate being here as well. Now, as we kind of continue in the story, you know, what, what about you, Jane? What, what were you feeling in the midst of, of all this as, as things were transpiring? Well, I think like every, everyone, you have to sift through the emotion of anger, sadness, disbelief, um, coming to the realization of the reality. And for me, there was just such confusion um, that, again, all I could do was turn to prayer. And so I spent um, some really good time in intercession with a pastor, um, two pastors out of Calgary, who just really helped me walk through um praying for the situation, praying for our leaders, praying for the victims. And just because I knew I had to leave in peace. I didn't, I didn't want to leave, you know, I just didn't want to leave with, with anger, with sadness. I wanted to leave at peace. And so I was able to walk through just a season of intercession um, in praying through the situation, um, you know, being able to, to forgive. Um, there's a lot of answers that, you know, I will never get, I'm sure. Um, on a number of levels, but I needed to leave in forgiveness. And so that was the choice that I made is to turn to prayer and intercession. And I, and I really did, I was able to leave, um, with, with peace and to, you know, to be able to continue, um, evangelizing in Canada. So Jane, I, I could only imagine, you know, all the feelings that you, that, that you were going through as, you know, one of the tasks that you had was to disband the office was to sell everything. So while that's happening, so while things are are wrapping up at Arzam Canada, we are in conversation, Jane, and talking about um, you coming over uh, to uh, Apologize Canada. Uh, and there were people on Arzam Canada board that, that highly recommended you. And there were many good conversations that were had as we you know, we're, we're in discussion about doing that. And then of course I'm talking with my board, uh, about, uh, about this, about this transition. And so I could only imagine, you know, that you were filled with just a flood of different emotions as all this is happening. You know, on the one hand, you know, things are, are, are shutting down, but then on the other hand, opportunities, uh, are, are being presented. Now, now you finished there in May and then you began here with Apologize Canada in June. Right. And with you beginning here at Apologetics Canada, uh, one of the things that, that we were seeking to do was to identify, you know, those ministries that were that were taking place in, in Canada. You know, some of these things that uh, that Arzam Canada had just been doing or some of these things that we had done together over the years and and really just prayerfully saying, OK, God, what what can be? Uh, continued, salvaged, 
uh, as we seek to move forward. Yeah, that's right, Andy. And there's a lot of great ministries out there um, established in different areas, like in business, in government, that we had great relationships with, um, you know, doing university missions, for example. Uh, we were heavily involved in university missions at RZAM, and I, I love to see the work, you know, on the campuses. And so that's one of the things when I, when I came over, I was like, we got to continue university missions. So, um, you know, so just talking with, you know, Power to Change, the different ministry groups. I mean, that's, that's a real area is working with students. Um, so we do that in, in the January season. So working with some of the, um, some of the main campuses like Toronto, BC and UBC and uh, McGill. So hopefully we will continue that. And um, we're already in conversation with our ministry partners there to continue um, doing apologetics and evangelism through the university missions. Um, one of the areas that I have a real heart for is youth. And so, Troy, hopefully, um, you know, we can talk a little bit about you, but I understand that you have a real heart for youth. So one of the things that we did really well was um, a high school event called Reboot. And I would love to see us um, to continue the work in, um, in just helping our, our young people to just understand their identity, to understand... Yeah you know, where God fits into their life. And so I'm really excited, Troy, to be able to start working with you as well on some youth initiatives. Likewise, that that high school, college um, level, I've, I've had opportunities to, when I worked with, I worked with World Vision um, for, it was about, it was about two years, kind of a freelance thing with them. And we, you know, we went into schools and we're teaching kids about uh, one of the new initiatives that they were doing. And it, there's just, yeah, there's just something about that, that age group that there's such a hunger there, you know, that the kids wanted to be involved because it, it gave them value. You know, they, they started, and that was what we, that's the way we presented it too, is, is this isn't just some big conglomerate. It's like, you carry value. You guys are really the hands and feet of this. And if you don't do it, then the truth is, even for us adults, it's going to take a lot longer. But if, if people in your age group start inspiring each other, you know, you guys got thousands of followers. If you put out one Instagram post or whatever, the amount of people you reach like that, you know, so uh, I'm definitely excited to get into some of those things with you, Jane. Yeah, this is, it, it's an exciting time for us. It's it's actually a very busy uh, moment <laughs> for us because as we as we've been, you know, Jane, as you could imagine, has lots of contacts and there's been. Uh, lots of opportunity and need for ministry across Canada. And it's been, it's been amazing as we've prayerfully just said, Lord, how can you use uh, Apologize Canada in, in this moment here in Canada to see how many doors God has opened up for AC uh, all over the place? Um, yeah. You know, Jane, you've been a part of those conversations that we've had all year uh, where it's just been open door after open door, mm. which which is encouraging and it's also overwhelming because you're <laughs> like, man, the need across Canada ministry wise, given our culture right now, is is huge, and doors opening that you know had that are completely unique, and we'll talk more about over um, the next little while. But there's, there's, so with, with need, you know, you 
you need to be able to to fill that. You need people that can do that ministry. And so, you know, we've had new people come on with with AC from Wes Huff to Troy to yourself. And of course, you know, of course, Jane. Uh, but, you know, uh, Troy, you've come on, you've been working on on the podcast and, and we are excited to announce that you're going to be coming on uh, full time with AC come October here. It's uh, it's exciting, isn't it? It's very, very, very exciting. Yeah, it's it's a it's such a be- it's a it's a beautiful time because, I mean, I think about how much is really going on in the world in general. You know, I, I've seen how accelerated the process with Apologetics Canada has been even for me, because wasn't it, Andy, not even that long ago that you stepped into Apologetics Canada again, again full time because you were, correct me if I'm wrong, you were pastoring last year. Yeah, yeah, I was doing both, pastoring and running Apologetics Canada. Yeah. And really just feeling God's burden to, you know, to move back full-time into into AC. Just It was kind of one of those moments where God was saying, listen, <clears throat> you've needed to not be in this full-time. Although those who've watched what AC's done, we've been very busy, you know, these <laughs> last 11 years. But I had my foot in two doors uh, that gave me opportunity to finish my PhD. Yeah. As I knew my PhD was coming to a conclusion, and for those who haven't heard, it, it is it is done. It, as Jesus said, it's finished. <laughs> different, different. <laughs> Jesus is finishing compared yeah, to mine. So I was like, someone's get, we're getting an email. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, pa- yeah, past my defense, and and I'm and I'm moving on. But I knew, you know, kind of all these things were coming together where God was saying, Andy, you need to just focus full time uh, on Apologetics Canada. Uh, and I really felt this um, burden just saying, you know, that God is going to use this ministry and, and there just needs to be focus uh, on this. And and boy, has that been true. Yeah. Like right. like you say, Troy, the, just the amount of opportunities that have proceeded and the way that God has and continues to bless AC, I think has has been, um, it's been like a mixture of encouragement and being overwhelmed all at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think there's so much opportunity, as you said, Andy. I mean, one of the opportunities, one of the things I love about Apologetics Canada is it's completely focused on Canada from sea to sea, and and we all have such a heart for Canada. So we need to just pray. There's so many opportunities. We just need to pray. Where does God wants want us? Because it might look very different for where we feel we need to be. So one of the things that um, you know that we're we're just evaluating is where does God want us to be? Does He want us to be in the digital space? Does He want us to be, you know, doing live conferences? So, just really trying to hear His heartbeat for where He wants us in Canada. So, I just think we have such a great opportunity, and uh, we just need to to choose wisely and to hear His heart for where He wants us to be. And on that note, um, you know, we get asked a lot right now about what AC is up to with regards to, um, for example, our Apologetics Canada conference. And, and so we are happy to, to let people know that, yes, those are happening. In fact, we're going to be doing those in different places in Canada this next year. Uh, and um, there's, there's many other things that are, that are coming up. Um, we've got things like a Young Adult Leadership Summit, uh, we've got various partnerships that are taking place. Um, 
Troy and I are even in the midst of a new video series that's going to start filming uh, quite soon. Lots and lots of stuff to share. Uh, and in fact, there's so much. You, you're probably like, why are you being so vague? Why aren't you giving us details? Because <laughs> uh, we want to invite you to an event that that we have done over the years called um, the Launch Event. And perhaps you've never had an opportunity to be a part of that. Normally, we've, we've done the, the launch events as um, uh, smaller I- events uh, that are in person. And given circumstances right now and given the fact that we're continuing to, to expand across Canada, we are going to be doing our launch event digitally this year. So at our launch event, we will be sharing details of where we're doing conferences, what's happening, what's happening with this video project, and the different partnerships. So we're going to be giving all that information out uh, at the launch event. We want to invite you out to it. Jane, maybe you could tell people uh, when that event is uh, and how they could register for it. Sure. It's going to be October 30th. And um, as Andy mentioned it will be digital, so it'll be a Zoom. Um, and if you would like to register for that, just send send us an email at info at Apologetics Canada, and we will make sure you get on the list. And if you just want to hear um, just more opportunity with what we're going to be doing in the future, then, then just come on out for a couple hours and just hear the heart. You'll meet the team. We're a small team across Canada, so you'll hear some of the ministry opportunities that we've had this past year, but also, as Andy mentioned, moving forward forward and just how how you can partner with us financially how you can partner with us in prayer um, it's a, it's an exciting time and so we really hope you'll join us um, at this event it, it is an exciting time in fact uh, we have been waiting uh, we've been waiting for a while now to start sharing some of these details because it, so much stuff was happening so many meetings were taking place so many um, uh, different you know, opportunities that, that we were, you know, perfectly looking at or going down and, and needing to hear confirmation on what's going to happen this way or that. So we finally feel, Jane, I think you agree with this. We finally feel we're, we're at a place where we can start to, to share with people, hey, he, here's, what's, here's what's going on. Here's what we're going to do or, or be doing. Here's how God's leading us. It's been exciting going through and we're kind of now finally at this place where we get, a, we, we get to let people know what's going on. So as uh, as Jane uh, mentioned, please come and and join us. We want to share with that, uh, share those details uh, with you and how you can partner with us. Uh, you know, Jane and, and Troy, I think it's it's good that we're that we're actually doing this podcast together because you know you you two represent some of the you know the change that's been taking place here and, and not just change but opportunity that's been taking place here and. Uh, really looking forward to this ministry year ahead. Jane, thank you for uh, sharing your story. Uh, thank you for your heart for evangelism and your mm-hmm. willingness to to n- not give up. I mean, I guess that's even in the midst of your testimony that in, in the midst of trial, you have, have um, ran towards God. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm just so thankful for your heart. And, and I, you know, I guess one of the, one of the things that maybe would be good for us just to end the podcast here is just to ask, you know, people to please pray for Apologetics Canada. We, we really need your prayers. 
And uh, and Jane, I'll, I'll throw it out to you know to you and Troy. Uh, what what are some other ways that specifically that people can be in prayer for us? Yeah, I would say for um, for me, just just for God's wisdom and discernment um, to know what we should be doing in the years to come. As I mentioned, you know, we want to go where God's burden is. We, we, you know, it's easy to come up with events that we think are great, but we really want to go where God is calling us to go. So just prayer for wisdom and discernment for the team. Yeah. would be my request. Yeah. I would say, um, in the realm of the podcast, we, we, we're constantly wanting to in, increase our reach and, uh, and our influence in that area. Um, podcasting is absolutely huge right now. And uh, it's not on, the, not on the level of, of competition in any way, shape, or form. But as, as Jane has said so eloquently, evangelism is really important. And that is ultimately uh, what we're seeking to do. So just people continuing to pray um, that... Uh, that the AC podcast would spread as far as it needs to go, as far as it, as far as it can, and that we would just continue to have topics that are are relevant, that are timely, and are uh, sensitive to to the times. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today on the AC Podcast. Uh, my name is Troy. Once again, I'm here with Andy. And a special thank you to Jane Tui for joining us today on the podcast, sharing her heart, sharing her story. As always, the AC Podcast is a ministry of Apologetics Canada. You can subscribe to the podcast on all of your preferred streaming platforms. And if there's something that we said today or you had potentially more questions for Jane, feel free to leave a comment on our social media. We'd love to interact with you. We'd love to get in touch with you. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us at info at apologeticscanada.com. And as always, love God, love people. Join us next time as we find more things to think about. Bye for now.